All right, welcome to episode of three of Structuralist Conversation. I'm your host, Zach, joined by a very special guest. Uh, Stezia Smith is in the building with us today. Start off with just a little introduction of yourself. Man, so as you guys heard from the man himself, I go by Steezy A. Smith, but you're probably wondering, is that my real name? No, it's not. Uh, Calvin Domingo. And just a little background story. When I was in high school, they used to call me Cal Steezy. And so come my senior year, you know, people were looking for kind of a, a shortened version of, of Cal Steezy. And so people came up with Steezy. And so I started, you know, going around getting called Steezy. And then from there... Um, I always knew I was going to work in sports, yeah. right? And so Stephen A. Smith is a guy that I look at. He's at the top of that sports journalism slash sports 100%. media throne. And so for me, I intend on, on you know, taking his spot in that throne, yeah, respectfully. Yeah. And so I figured, given his name, which is synonymous with sports, Stephen A. Smith, when I combine Stephen A. Smith and then my nickname, Steezy, and then you know, I came up with Steezy A. Smith, uh, big fan of the Seahawks. I wasn't born here in Seattle. I was raised here in Seattle. Okay. Um, well, I was born in Hawaii. Oh, nice. Okay. So I'm Pacific Islander too. Uh, my family's from Guam. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's Chamorro. go. Yeah. Chamorro. Do you speak it? Yeah, not yeah, well. Yeah. I can understand it though. And uh -huh. that's because my grandparents used to talk a lot of shit, so I'd have to like understand it so I could tell, <laughs> so I could tell what they were talking about, you know? I don't know what it is, but when it comes to other languages, it's always like the bad words. Yeah. Right? For like sure. the, the cussing and the swearing that, you know, you learn first. Yeah. And, um that's for me with these other languages. Um but like I was saying, I was born in Hawaii, raised in Seattle all my life, big Seahawks fan. Um and I'm a big Miami Heat fan. Okay. Um, and I just love sports all around. You so. gotta be having a pretty sad day then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard got traded to not the Heat, but the Milwaukee Bucks. I and, know, crazy. Um, I'm a big fan of Giannis, though. Yeah. So I, I'm not tripping too hard. Um, if it was in Miami, Milwaukee's a cool constellation, I guess. I think you guys got a dark horse chance of getting uh, Drew. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think um, there was a report that came out that, that Miami's interested in pursuing a Drew. Yeah. And um, I, I think uh, going back to that word, he'd also be a great constellation prize for yeah. Miami Heat. Him and Jimmy, that defense would be pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no and doubt. Bam. How could you Bam, Bam? Too. Yeah. Come on. That's another big three right there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to start with like a rapid fire question just to kind of get right. to know you. So I'm only looking for one word answers on these. For sure. And then if we need to dive deeper into some of these, we can go throughout the episode. So uh, what was your favorite Seahawks moment ever? Ooh. I'm going to have to say the Beast Quake. Uh, favorite sports moment ever? Ooh. I'm going to say... Definitely Super Bowl Forty Eight. Okay. Okay. Super Bowl that was a good answer. Uh, player, you, player, player you idolized growing up. Hmm. I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna have to say Kobe Bryant. Okay, I love that one. Yeah, Rest in Kobe peace, Kobe. Bryant. Rest in peace. That's my favorite basketball player. Mm -hmm. uh, broadcaster, you emulate your style. Around. I know you mentioned Stephen A. Smith a little bit earlier, but. Stephen A. Smith, for sure. I think um, somebody else. I, I really like Chris Broussard. You know, okay. I think Chris yeah, Broussard, yeah, yeah. nobody talks about him. Um, but I think he he's just real smooth. I think he's uh, he's intelligent. And he doesn't get enough credit. He does. Him and his sources. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, greatest Seattle athlete. Ooh, of all time. I got to go I know go this is hard. With... Sue Bird. That's a really good answer, Sue actually. That, she's, she would probably be mine, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, respect for respect is due. Shoot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, mo one of the most decorated champions of all time in any sport. <sighs> any so. sport. Uh, most used play in Madden. Ooh. I'm going to have to say, um, I'm going to have to say four verticals. Okay. Mine's, mine's <laughs> four Jet verticals. Sweep. Okay, yeah, Jet yeah, yeah. I like that. You know, it's a I little like trickery. That. Yeah, nothing okay. too crazy. Uh, best sports movie of all time. Ooh. Man, so much to choose from. I, I think... Um, it's going to sound kind of surprising, but I'm going to go with the blind side. Okay. Even with all the controversy that's going on lately? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite trade of all time? Speaking after the Damien stuff. I'm going to have to say, because um, I'm a big Miami Heat fan, like I talked about earlier. Um, and I was just a kid, but this was arguably one of the biggest moves that led to their first championship in history. I'm going to say Miami trading for Shaq. That was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming off the heels of the Lakers stuff, him mm. and D-Wade. That was a nice team. Great team. Yeah, love that. Great team. Uh, best stadium food? Stadium food. Um, Maybe not best, but go-to. Go-to? I guess it got to be Lumen Fields food then. Okay. Any Just particular I'm, thing? I'm there the most. Uh, nothing in particular, though. Okay. I feel like all stadium food is kind of the same. But, yeah, yeah, You know, go-to, I'm there a lot, so. You don't like the grasshoppers at the Mariners? I don't think I've actually <laughs> had that. All right, I know. Actual grasshoppers? Yeah, yeah. They put oh, like lemon no, on them and I'm, stuff. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm cool. Uh, favorite field, though, out of... This wasn't in my 
my uh, questions with out of all the Seattle stadiums uh, over all time. All time. Everyone was. Um, see, it's crazy because growing up as a kid, I didn't really, you know, attend games in person. Okay. It was really when I grew up and when I really started getting into this field, when I started to visit and actually attend, you know, different stadiums and events and whatnot. Um, so that being said, I'm probably going to have to go with, I guess, Lumen. I Lumen? mean, it's kind of a basic answer, but Lumen Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good answer, though. I mean, Kingdom, but... I was really young, so I don't really remember too much of the kingdom. But I would uh-huh. say that at least some of my more fond memories of sports were from the kingdom. Okay, for sure. You for know, sure. They, and it wasn't just sports. They had, uh, like, you know, uh, what's it called with the grave digger? Man, uh, I couldn't Monster, even tell you. Monster Truck Rally. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, favorite era of Seahawks jerseys? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with... Um, I I guess the, our jerseys now. I mean... Okay. You know, I, yeah, I'm a product of the of the new school stuff, so I'm gonna have to go with that. Okay, okay. Favorite current Seahawk player? Current Seahawk player? Ah oh man, I got a lot. I think right now though, I probably gotta go with DK. Okay, let's go. I'm a solid pick. Yeah. And then, just one word on this. Actually, you can say a couple words on this. Do you think that traditional sports media is a dying art? No. Okay, we'll we'll elaborate on that a little bit later. So let's talk about uh, kind of your online presence. So what made you want to be a sportscaster? I know you mentioned when you were in high school, that was something you were aiming towards. So all my life, you know, just like a lot of kids, you know, you grow up wanting to be a professional athlete. And I've always had a passion for sports, playing it, watching it, talking about it, playing video games and whatnot, trading the cards, everything, you name it. And um, when I realized that I wasn't going to be playing professional basketball nor football, I told myself, well, I still want to stick to sports, you know, somehow, some way. And so if I wasn't going to be able to play it, why not talk about it? For sure. You know, why not write about it? Why not watch it for a living? Why not, you know what I'm saying? Like, just do everything else associated with sports if I can't play it. So that's kind of how that came about. Gotcha. So did you play sports in high school? I did. I played football, um, basketball, and then track in middle school. I've always been an athlete all my life. Uh, I've always been real big into the gym and stuff. And so I'm not just like one of these guys that that talks in front of a camera without having, you know, any sort of previous background, um, I guess, experience. So out of, for most of the clips that I've seen from, you know, you talking and things, it seems mostly geared towards football. Are you just like a, are you focused just on football or is it all sports? See, eventually I want to be all sports, eventually, right? Because like I talked about earlier, I do want that throne that Stephen A. Smith is sitting in. And for me, if I'm going to start up, you know, a network or have my own network, I got to be able to cover all the bases, like everything. For sure. And that's how I'm going to, you know, separate myself from from other people. Because there's a lot of people doing this, a lot of networks, a lot of companies, a lot of people doing this. Just like podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Lots of things going on. And so it's a very competitive field. um, and, And so, yeah. So in that field, though, how do you set yourself up uniquely from everybody else? Great question. I it, think, like you said, there is a lot of sportscasters, just like podcasters. So Right. I think for me, and this is what people have, have told me you know, time and time again, and so this isn't necessarily what I think, it's what others think, but they always tell me the energy, um, the, the vibe, and how it's authentic, it's real, and that you can't coach passion, you can't coach energy, you can't coach you know, like the, the sort of aura that somebody gives off. That that's You can't coach that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for me, that's one of the ways that I've been able to kind of come into the game and and, and have my own twist. Um, and I think uh, passion as well. Like I said, all my life, this is something I've, I've been, you know, had my, my feet in, uh, whether it's playing, writing, talking, whatever it may be. So um, sports is kind of dominating my life, and that's kind of where it comes from. Awesome. So are you doing this on, like, a, I know you have, like, the internet presence, but is there any, have you ever tried, like, any traditional sports media? So as, as far as like a job? Yeah, maybe like, you know, working for a, a broadcast company or... No doubt. Yeah, um, it was last summer when I was working for an app based out of okay. Atlanta. Um, they're called Press Sports. And I was a salaried, I guess, employee over there for about, awesome. I don't know, four or five months. Um, I actually currently work. I have a bunch of side jobs. And one of my side jobs is for a little sports network. Okay. Uh, we talk fantasy sports on there. A little bit of betting uh, called Sportstopia. And so... There's that. And then I've had numerous like little partnerships or like little, um, you know, affiliations with different like companies and, and, and different, you know, sports media networks and whatnot. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people in the industry. Um, 
I guess that's that, yeah. Awesome. Sportstopia, though, what, what exactly do you guys do there? Is it like a weekly thing, monthly thing, or how is that? So um, I'm not on there daily. Okay. My, my coworkers, my colleagues are, but we pretty much run Monday through Friday, live shows, talking baseball, talking football, talking basketball. Um, and we're, we're talking like setting fantasy lineups, betting lines, betting odds, um, just giving out fantasy advice, answering uh, fantasy trade questions and whatnot, things like that. Um, I'm on there Wednesdays and Fridays, and then I also drop weekly columns every Wednesdays and Fridays as well. Oh, awesome. So you do traditional sports writing as well. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Where can we find um, Sportstopia on? So you can find it anywhere, everywhere. Um, sportstopia.io, not .com, but if you want to look for the website, sportstopia.io, and then just Sportstopia HQ, uh, Instagram, Twitter. And I know right now we're working on building a, a TikTok and a Facebook, but at Sportstopia HQ. You know, going to what you're saying about the uh, like TikTok and building all that, how important is that for somebody that's trying to be in the profession that you're going into, like building that online presence? I think it's very, very important, you know, because there's some people out there that that can't go the traditional route. You know, they, they can't afford to go to school. They can't afford to take out the loans. They don't have the financial aid necessary to be able to pay for, you know, classes or to be able to attend these different universities. Because a lot of jobs, they do require, you know, you to have like a four-year um, you know, broadcasting degree or media communications degree. And so I think for somebody, you know, that I don't have a four-year degree, I have a two-year degree. And so somebody like me, for example, um, as far as building an online presence, I didn't go the traditional route. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not going to go the traditional route, you got to be able to do something else where you can stand out. And I've had, um, you know, the Seahawks actually interviewed me multiple times. Okay. I have multiple people within the building that I have connections with that, that have vouched for me in the past. And so I just think that when you're not going the traditional route, you have to have something else that sets you apart. And having an online presence, that's what it does for you. Mm -hmm. So have you ever thought, and I don't know if maybe you're doing this already, but creating your own, like, show on your own? I know you do, like, the clips and things like that where you talk right. about. But is there ever a thought of, like, maybe creating a whole show around just yourself? Um, definitely. I mean, this has been a little sporadic, and I've been on a little hiatus myself <laughs> as far as, like, you know, real live shows. But yeah. it was, I think, about a year ago. I was doing live Seahawks shows every Wednesday. Okay. Like once every week. And so... Um, when I had kind of split from, because I had a manager, I had a guy, you know, that was doing behind the scenes stuff with me at, when it, when it you know, comes to all this. And so ever since we kind of split apart and we kind of went our separate ways, uh, I went on a little hiatus to kind of try to figure things out, how yeah. I'm going to attack things and, and whatnot. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So, how is it, though, operating the space without a manager? Like, how much influence do they have on, like, your opportunities and things? And Man, he definitely had a bunch and I don't want to take anything away from him, but at the same time, I also think it's it's kind of refreshing, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of doing this by myself now because I kind of get to see it from, from these different angles. Um, but don't get me wrong, he provided me with a lot of opportunities. You know, he's the one that kind of jump-started my, my merch. He's the one who helped That's me awesome. make my business cards. He was editing my videos at one point, um, making thumbnails. You know, all the things that happened away from the camera. Right. And, and those are things that I, I wasn't always accustomed to all those things. And so... Um, it was definitely a bit of a learning curve, you know, being able to do all that without him. But I think the more that you know, the more that you're setting yourself up in the future. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that the things that you did learn from him will help you in the future. No doubt. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So talk about like what your trajectory looks like now. Like what are some of the, the key milestones you want to hit as you ascend towards, you know, Stephen A. Smith or, you know, being on a network or. Man, it's, well, there's, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot. Um, I will say that. But I think right now, first and foremost, um, I'm about, what is it, like 30, 40-something away from hitting 4,000 on YouTube. Oh, nice. Okay. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I've only, I just started the channel up a couple years ago. Yeah. And that's including a one-year hiatus. And so, um, you know, before all that, I felt like the trajectory was real, real high. Um, mm -hmm. But if I think right now the goal is first and foremost, hit 4,000. Once I hit 4,000, then 10,000 on YouTube. And in the process, while I'm doing that, is to get noticed by some of these local, you know, Seattle media outlets, the Seattle Times, Seattle Sports Station, KJR. Right. Uh, maybe another conversation with the Seahawks themselves. So those are kind of the short-term goals for me right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Talk about the YouTube thing, though, because it, you said it slowed down a little bit. I do feel like within maybe like the last six months to a year, the YouTube traffic has slowed down quite a bit yeah. for the creatives. Like, obviously, the big podcasts and shows and stuff are still going to do their numbers. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's as um, – I don't know how to put this into words, but it just doesn't seem like the – 
algorithm is pushing towards the creatives anymore like it used to. Right. So have you seen that kind of slump in that? And like, how are you changing things up to try and break through that slump? Man, that's a great question. I think for me, it's really just about trying to pump out as much content as I possibly can. Um, I've had talks with other people in the industry, other content creators, and one of the things they're always trying to push is you want to put out a bunch of shorts clips. Yeah, for you sure. Know, especially shorts clips that, that cater to your niche. And the more that you do that, um, man, the more that you, YouTube recognizes it and, and kind of rewards you as far as the algorithm. At the same time, you still want to drop you know, your regular long-form content, maybe host a live show here or there. But I think for me, what it comes to is really just trying to pump out as much of those as you possibly can, having a consistent schedule, and um, having thumbnails that pop. Yeah, thumbnails yeah. are pretty important. I don't think people understand that. Thumbnails and hashtags. I know hashtags, hashtags aren't uh -huh. working as they, they used to, but those things are important for SEO and all that, those types of things, you know, searchability, yeah, and I think with hashtags, I mean, as long as you don't overdo it, yeah. as long as you, you pick the, the right ones, the, the ones that are most relevant to what you're dropping, mm -hmm. then, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you know what the crazy thing is, though, is you can go and search on YouTube, like, how do I use hashtags to better my videos and things like that? And it seems like everybody has a different answer, but it seems like the most successful people, they give you a very plain answer. It's like they almost want to gatekeep what actually make, made their videos pop. Yeah. And maybe it was just like one viral video that got them a whole bunch of attention, but it doesn't seem like anybody wants to share the secrets. Yeah, I feel like nowadays, um, not even when it comes to this, just a lot of things in general, it's weird, but people like to gatekeep. Yeah. You know, even when it comes to music. Yeah, for uh, sure. Music, um, and <laughs> this is a personal example, but even just like when it comes to little things like, Let's say, you know, you're out with the homies and, and somebody takes a group picture of you guys. And then one of the homies has the picture and you look at the picture you're like, yo, that's a fire picture. Like, yeah, send me yeah. that picture. And he's like, yeah, I got you. And then two weeks later, you still don't have it. Yeah, yeah. And so I, it's I, on his Instagram. It's on his yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And so it just kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, people like to gatekeep everything yeah, nowadays. And it's strange. Even something as trivial as a picture. Yeah. So when it comes to that, I'm not surprised. Um, it, it is what it is, and you know, I'm going to keep it pushing regardless. For sure, for sure. It's a good attitude. I like that. Um, Collaboration-wise, do you collaborate with other people that are in the sports field? Oh, all the time. Like local local people as well? All the time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but Norb Kim. Um, Sounds really familiar. I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen him in the past, but he kind of blew up when the Seahawks were winning Super Bowls or okay. appearing in Super Bowls in the mid to early 2010s. And um, he's built up a fan base of, I think, 50,000 oh, okay. on YouTube. And um, he he made SportsCenter a couple of times. Cool. Um, and he's gone viral a couple of times. I think he's kind of plateaued, though, and he hasn't really been focusing on YouTube like he once was. Yeah. But he was kind of a guy that when I first started this whole YouTube thing, he was a guy kind of bringing me along, you know, having me on his shows weekly. Um, and then I have a good friend over there in Spokane. He's a reporter. For KHQ, his name is Noah Bolter. Okay. Um, he used to go by Squabo, and big inspiration of mine. I, I definitely have to give him a lot of credit, because without him, I don't even know if I'd have a YouTube channel okay. to, you know, today. And so those are guys that I've worked with, and like I talked about, I've worked with people from ESPN, NFL Network, Sports Illustrated, um, The Athletic. Uh, the list goes on. And so I'm, I'm open to working with anybody and everybody. I don't usually turn people down. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I've worked with a lot of people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do, is there like kind of like a, a sports, like I don't want to say click, but like community within Washington? Like do, do, do hmm. a lot of the people that are trying to do this get along and like, I'd say, help each other? Man, that's a, that's a great question. I think it's a little iffy. Um, I don't think I've had enough experiences to be able to speak on it as much as maybe the next person. But I think from what I've seen so far, um, there isn't really too much of a community because mm -hmm. when I look at like a lot of my subscribers or fans or even just the fan base, a lot of them come from outside of Seattle. A lot That's of them true. come from outside of Washington. And so, you know, firsthand, I don't really get to see it for myself as much over here. But what I can say is out of the state and, you know, across the world for that matter, um, it definitely feels more tight knit. Mm, that's that's interesting that outside of the place that you are, where you would think you'd get the most, most love, love right? and appreciation because you're doing it, for, especially like a lot of yours is geared towards local sports. Right. But, but then it's, it gets more national attention. That's crazy. Right. I think home is always the last people to to get on it though, right? Like, Yeah, and it's like when you when you've 
when you've actually, I guess, become big, big, and not when you're like, I feel like on the come up, that's when people want to kind of, you know, hop on a wave. Yeah, that's when right. they want to start showing some love. It's like, oh, shoot, like I heard about him before, but he wasn't that big. He's a lot bigger now. Let yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? Like, tap let me in. hop on a wave now. Let me tap yeah. in now. And so I think it kind of goes back to that. Um, but you can, that's really, I think, the situation in a lot of different fields across the world, really. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever have to deal with any unruly fans from other teams when you're making videos? <laughs> All the time. Um, but I've also, because I, I usually collaborate, um, especially during the season, mm -hmm. with content creators of the opposing team. Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. Right. Yeah. And so, you know how Seattle plays the Niners, the yeah. Rams, the, the Cardinals twice a year, every year. And so before those games, I'd have 49er content creators hit me up, okay. Cardinal content creators, Ram content creators, and they'd invite me on their show. And, um, you know, they would host a live show. And so we're able to interact with the fans, you know, as we're hosting that show. And a lot of the reception that I get is real positive, actually. Yeah. You know, especially from from Niner fans always talking about how I'm the coolest Seahawks fan around. I'm the coolest <laughs> cool. Seahawks content creator around. And I'm not, like, biased. I'm not, um, I'm not super subjective when it comes to analysis. Like, I really, I keep it real. Mm -hmm. And so... Usually, you know, fan bases of the Seahawks and the Niners, they don't get along. Yeah, but yeah. I, I feel historically, like me, yeah. Historically, My right? uncle's a huge 49ers fan. Oh, And we're man. always butting heads over the Seahawks 49ers. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I, see, if I had a Niner family or a, a, a Niner fan in the family, I don't know. We would be, the trash talk would be crazy. He was like <laughs> the old school Niners, though. So, like, mm. Ronnie Lott and stuff. So, it's like, all right, you're, Montana, get, get this generation before we start talking about, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They haven't won anything in, in our generation. Yeah. I mean, that was all in the 80s and 90s. Hey, he said that. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but hats on to him, though. No disrespect. Oh, they, well, they look nice this year. I will say oh, yeah. That. Yeah. They I'm not going to nice. lie. I'm not going to lie. Did you they see this whole uh, little rumor thing about Brock Purdy living out of like a Motel 6 or some shit like that? What? What's yeah. Wait, hold on. Talk, talk to me. He was uh, apparently he was trying to get a house in Steph Curry's like community and they shut it down or something. So he's living out of a Motel 6. Like even right now. Yeah, even right now. Speak. Yeah. That's wild. This seems like a movie. Right, but I see. Then again, though, he was Mr. Irrelevant, and That's so true. not to you know look into another man's pockets. But last time I checked, the last pick in a draft doesn't really make nearly as much money, yeah. you know, compared to somebody that was drafted, let's say, in the first round. But I don't like the pocket watch either. But I did see how much he makes, and I was like, this is a lot more than Hotel Six money. True. Maybe maybe he comes from a, a cheap family. He could be. Know. He could be very frugal. He could be frugal, which is not a bad thing, by the way. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, for those of you guys, you know, they'll see this, they'll, they'll tune in. Um, just a fun fact, but LeBron James, we all know he's one of the richest people in the world. Forget athletes, just one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, period. He brings his lunch. Yeah. To to whether it's practice, work meetings, team meetings, to games. Like, that's what I read, and that's what I was, I guess, told. Like, he still brings his own lunch. Yeah, well, there's so, an infamous video of him from the, the NBA season where he's injured, and he's eating almonds on the side of the... Oh, the yeah, injured, I've seen yeah. that. I've so, seen yeah, he that. brought his own snacks. Yeah, right. And he, you know, he always brings a little cup of wine, too, so he balances yeah. out. Good balance. Uh, speaking of bias, so you did bring up bias. So mm -hmm. you're such a fan of the Seahawks, but you're also having to cover them. How do you balance not being biased in that situation? Man, see, this is going to sound very vanilla, um, but I think for me specifically, um, I just, I'm able to just, I call it like how I see it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and for me, when it comes to, to my eye test, like, like I said, I used to play the sport. Yep. And so I, I know football outside of the Seahawks. And so I think it, it kind of comes from having a knowledge outside of um, outside of your team. Like, if that makes sense, I think um, just doing that, um, that, that's really it. I mean, because I really just, I, I try to just be myself. Yeah. You know, and maybe I'm just not biased to begin with, like in, in other areas of life. But I think it's really having had a passion for the sport before I really started becoming involved with the Seahawks. Yeah, definitely. It's really hard to be objective when you're a fan. You yeah, know, because even like I when I go fill out my fantasy roster, like sometimes I feel, you know, I'm like, OK, I want to take Kenneth Walker, you know, because he's, right. he's home. Like, right. I want to take Gino, you know, but, Gino. Mm -hmm. but then that's it. Yeah, that gets into the whole thing about fantasy and choosing all your players that are home and then that gets screwed up. Yeah. And I just think that a lot of the times like people think that because you are a fan of a team that you can't provide um, objective analysis. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think you could do both. Yeah, and, for sure. And, you know, I think if you know enough football, you're able to kind of separate the two. Yeah. And for somebody like me that's still really trying to, you know, climb that ladder of, of the sports media world, it's like, I really have to, I really got to know what I'm doing. And I really got to, you know, um, just make sure that 
I'm not being biased. Yeah, Because sure. I, I want to make sure that what I'm putting out there is is what people want to hear, for one. And two, just what's actually facts. Mm-hmm. So, What are some uh, like some sports TV shows that you kind of like or... Honestly, I don't really, I don't really watch TV. Uh, you're not um, like a ballers guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Um, I guess if I am watching stuff outside of like game highlights or just film, um, I do like quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, they dropped that on Netflix. Uh, what was it like a month or two ago? Is that the one where they they have different quarterbacks every episode? Like, wasn't Baker Mayfield on there? No, so it was a. Okay. Uh, it's pretty much a series where they highlight and focus on three quarterbacks. Okay. And I think in season one they highlighted Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. Okay. And so they kind of follow them throughout the season. Next season, Matthew Stafford is a guy that I know. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. I don't know about the uh, the other two quarterbacks, but um, yeah, they pretty much just follow the quarterback throughout the season, um, get like all access and and kind of document like how they prepare for games, mm-hmm. what happens after games, and just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, what are your predictions for the Seahawks this year? Man, this so, is this is like your bread and butter right here. So we need yeah. we need some good predictions. Man, I think um I don't think Seattle wins the division this year, but I really? do think Seattle um has a winning record. I do think that Seattle does enough to get into the playoffs. I do think that Seattle will win at least one playoff game. Okay. But as far as like making the Super Bowl, not this year. I think the trajectory um, is there. I think they're on the right path. I think they're maybe still a piece or two away from, you know, really um, making a case as and stamping themselves as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, but this team is young. Yeah. You know, about half That's the team sure. is made up of freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And, and so sure. it's one of the youngest rosters in the National Football League. Obviously, they're ahead of schedule after trading away a Russell Wilson. Um, but if you ask me one more time, I'm going to predict that they win enough games to make the playoffs. I'm going to predict that they win at least one playoff game. And if they make the NFC Championship or even the Super Bowl, I'd be very surprised. But I think they're still a year away. Okay. What what uh, moves do you think they could make to put them in that contention? Man, that's a great question. I, I think right now, if Seattle were to stand pat, really just gaining more experience for mm-hmm. all these guys. I mean, because like I talked about, almost 50% of the team are freshmen and sophomores. And these guys only get better with more snaps, with more time on the field, with more experience, um, just playing more games. And, and so I really think just playing more together um, and kind of establishing more camaraderie, um, more chemistry, spending more time with each other, becoming more and more familiar with the playbook. Um, I think if Seattle were to stand pat, within a year from now, if they weren't able to make any moves, I really think that that progress alone would be enough to kind of vault them into into a tier of, of Super Bowl contenders. Mm. Who do you think has the best chance right now of winning the Super Bowl? Man, um, this is going to hurt me to say this, but like I told you, I call it how I see it, but the San Francisco 49ers. They're nice, man. They're yeah, nice. they're nice. If they stay healthy, I'd be surprised if they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, year. they're nice. Yeah. Too and nice. Caffrey, too nice. yeah. And uh, they really lucked out. With uh, Purdy. With Purdy, yeah. I mean, Mr. Irrelevant for crying out loud. Yeah, that's like, crazy. What, last pick in the draft. But those are always my favorite stories. Yeah. You know, those are, it's always great seeing those guys, especially people that they just kind of counted out. They get one shot, they do amazing, and then just kill it. Right. You know, I mean, so. You can't really help but root for those guys, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. definitely true. Um, well, let's talk about some of the hot topics in sports because I have some let's things I wanted your uh, opinion on. Uh, Coach Prime in Colorado. What do you think of him? Man, I, I love Coach Prime. I think uh, for me, you know, I'm a man of God. And when I see Coach Prime, when he preaches, when he when he's giving out those pregame speeches, um, when he talks, those press game, post game, pregame conferences and whatnot, I just, I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. I love his fire for God. He always puts God first. And, um, and I really feel like you could see that in the fruits that his life is bearing. For sure. You know, like he came from from Jackson State to now coaching, you know, a major program, you know, in the Pac-12 in Colorado. And I know they, they got beaten pretty badly by Oregon last weekend, but three and one on the season so far. I mean, they, this team went one and 11 last year. Yeah. And they were only predicted to win like, what, three games this year? Just anyways? a couple games. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, here they are. People are talking about them. Everyone wants to either watch them win or lose. Mm-hmm. It's very um, divided. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nobody in the middle. You're yeah. either rooting for him or you're against him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why it has to be black and white. I don't think it should be. Um, but yeah, with, with Coach Palm, I just I love everything about him, the vibes, the energy, um, the fire for God and and just how 
how inspirational, you know, how dedicated he is to his 100%. craft and, and, and really helping others to succeed. Yeah. One thing I love about him is he's got his kids with him too, man. Oh, yeah. Like, he's yeah. making sure that those guys are doing good. He's making sure that the players that he has on that team are being taken care of. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a commercial and he had the the backup running back in the commercial with them. Oh, wow. Like, he's see. making sure guys are getting taken care of, which I think is really dope. That's why – and I'll get your – I want your opinion on this too. Like, uh-huh. what do you think about the other coaches that – like seem to single him out when they when it comes to their games. You know, I, I think um I think it's it's really just them hating. I think that's really what it what it comes down to. Um because you're not used to seeing somebody like him that's as vocal as him doing what he's doing. Yeah. You know, when he's getting so much credit, he's getting so much attention, recognition the spotlight he's literally getting all of the spotlight and so hey i'd be a little jealous too if somebody literally just came and and burst onto the scene and now they're getting all this love from the fans from the world like yeah i'd be a little jealous too so i I think that's really what it stems from it's weird to me though because these coaches you know they they've give their whole lives to football this is a man who's changed football forever Mm -hmm. so i would think at the bare minimum you would respect for respect him for what he did on the field and what he's done for the game of football which is why it's a little crazy that people keep coming out and taking shots at him yeah i don't get it it's like people forget that he is the only player in in this history of the world in the history of sports to ever play i think what in a world series and a super bowl which is crazy which is just wild michael jordan couldn't even do that michael jordan couldn't do it like michael jordan couldn't even crack the majors that's true he was in the minors the whole time and that's what people don't always realize and and deon sanders he wasn't no scrub in the majors either like he was an actual impact player yeah and obviously, as we know, his standing in football, he's just he's one of the greatest football players of all time. Yeah. You know, position be damned. And so to be that elite of an athlete in two different sports, I think that's enough credibility in and of itself, is it not? Yeah, it should at least require the minimum respect from people. Exactly. Which is like, why? And I get that people are kind of hating because yeah. he's got such a spotlight on him now. But it's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the respect is there. And it's just like magnified with him just because of everything that's going on around him. He's built this universe in Colorado. No, he really has. You got Offset showing up, Little Wayne. <laughs> you know, you've got his glasses selling out. Yeah, over a million dollars. Yeah, and you're, he's also injecting money into Colorado that wasn't there before. Like, that's insane. Like, he literally changed that entire football program around. And on a what could have been a non-guarantee, they, told, they said, we can't pay you right now. Mm-hmm. But if you come over here, we'll get the money. And that's all they've been doing. Yeah. The money just been flowing in. Uh, like, have been shining, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. I, see, I, I'm only just, I'm only continuing to root, root for him and his success. And obviously his sons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I talked about, you know, just another man of God like myself. And, and seeing that, um, I only want to continue to see him win. And just continuing to, to shut the doubters up. Yeah. You never see him in press conferences. Because I know, I don't know if you saw that, but... Remember when that Oregon coach took a couple shots at him? Yeah, talked I about how, can't think of the guy's name. Right, I can't think of his name either, but he talked about how, oh, Colorado's in it for clicks, we're in it for wins. Literally while he's doing something for clicks? Yeah, while yeah. he's doing something for clicks, like, whenever people bring up, you know, the, the shit talking, right, that people mm-hmm. say about Coach Prime, whenever they bring it up to him in, a, in an interview, he's never going to speak badly, you know, in exchange or in return. He's not going to, you know, retaliate. He's going to, you know, kind of fight back in, in peace and, yeah. and not say, Ain't nothing rude, and um, I think just how cool, calm, and collected, you know, he is in those moments. I think that really speaks volumes about who he is as a person. Yeah, yeah, and he it it does seem like that even though people take personal shots at him, he doesn't take it to heart. Never, he's like, okay, well, you know what? We're just gonna prove on the field who we are. Yeah, it's just more fuel to the fire, right? Mm -hmm. And even with the loss to Oregon, I mean, realistically, Oregon's an amazing program, right? And the Colorado's still getting its feet under them. You know, so, but I still think that the way he carried himself after that game as well, he didn't say, oh man, we lost, like with all this stuff. We didn't he have said, our best player. He didn't yeah, say that. Yeah, he didn't say anything. He made no excuses. He said, no we just got to be better and we're going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I like that he said, we keep receipts too. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. some shit. I'm really happy for him though, man. What, oh, do, you, man. what do you think about the USC game? Man, um, I think there's going to be a bunch of people. I think it's going to yeah. be a bunch of fireworks. I think it's going to be very, very entertaining. It's going to be very Hollywood, I think. Very Hollywood, yeah. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited, man. I'm, su- I'm super excited. I don't think they'll get blown out like they did against Oregon. I don't think uh, so either. I think they needed that to kind of fine-tune a little bit. And to wake up a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, I don't know if Travis Hunter's going to play. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it. 
Um, but I think it kind of gives an opportunity for the rest of the team to kind of show what they're made of. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, how are you guys going to respond and bounce back without your best player after that 42-0 beatdown? Yeah. Like, I think this is really what's going to show um, the rest of the world what these guys are really made of. Yeah. So, it's exciting. Yeah. Except the only fact that the game is like 9.30 in the morning, isn't it? Man, I, it could be. I, I, I didn't think it's check super the time. early, which is crazy to me that you would play that that game that early. That early, yeah. I guess it's gonna have to force everyone to wake up early. Shoot. That's true. Well, so <laughs> I'm going to LA the weekend after that, and I wanted to go uh-huh. to USC game. That one's against Arizona, and that's at seven thirty at night, huh? Yeah, I was like, what? Why? That doesn't make any sense to me. I, time, oh man, I don't know what the schedule makers. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited though. I've never been to the Rose Bowl, so I think that that's gonna be a pretty cool thing to go to. I've never been there either, but. Um, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Bro. I've been trying as as I get older, especially if I go visit more places. I'm, I've been trying to go to more stadiums, mm-hmm. you know, just to, and it could be anything, whether it's football, basketball, anything. I'm more, I like basketball more than football, but like yeah. I'll go to football stuff for sure. Oh yeah, no yeah, doubt. just to be in that environment. Uh, what do you think about this whole Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless Cold War that's going on right now, and how yeah. do you think it affects uh, sports media? Because I do think that there's a lot of ripples that are going to come out of this this uh, breakup, if you will. I think to kind of answer your your uh, Sorry, not question. Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, but I guess Shannon Stephen A. Sharp. Smith is a, a pretty big piece in this too. Yeah, because he was the one um, that was interviewing Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think, I think in all, it's good for the sports media world. I mean, because you're bringing more attention to to guys that cover the sport as opposed to guys that play the sport, mm-hmm. right? And so at the end of the day, whether it's positive or negative publicity, I mean, it's publicity nevertheless to two guys that that are, you know, central figures in the sports media world. So I think for one, um, it's a good thing when you think bigger picture. Um, but as far as like, you know, them two and, their, and how they split, I think... Um, I think it's definitely going to make people more weary, you know, moving forward, like in the future of who you're, who you're going to be debating against or mm. who your co-host is going to be. Partnering with. Who you're, yeah, who yeah. you're partnering with. I mean, yeah, they had great chemistry. Yeah, they, they put out a great product, a great show for as long as they did. But at the same time, like if those guys weren't cool off of the show, then I just don't think that's, I guess, a, dy- a dynamic that you want to have. No, I mean, nobody wants to show up to work every day and beef with their coworker. Exactly. You know, that doesn't make for a good environment. Also, the thing I think is, too, and I think that Skip's a reflection of a lot of sports fans now, they let the sports become too personal for them. Yeah. You know, like, he was willing to dog on somebody who's an amazing football player mm-hmm. for Tom Brady. That man don't know you like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, how he rides for Tom Brady is just, it's... To me, it's just it's crazy because yeah. it's like you don't see people riding like that for their own family, yeah, right? You know, yeah. for their own like for their own love. This ones. dude would shoot somebody for Tom Brady. For Tom, who knows what he would do yeah. at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's willing to 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 humiliate his his co-host live yeah. on air just so you know his love, his admiration for Tom Brady can be shown. Like, yeah. I think that kind of that speaks ill of his character. I think so too. You know? And um, yeah, the fact that he he was willing to do that. I think he's capable of a lot worse. Yeah. it's And that's why it's kind of interesting the dynamic that he has on his show now being like kind of the back voice instead of being like the prominent figure. <laughs> uh-huh. But maybe that's what he learned. He might have learned his lesson. Like, I've been too loud. I've been too in people's faces. Maybe Time I need to take back. Yeah, and let other people do it. The reason why I asked you if you think traditional sports media is dying is because we're seeing a lot of non-traditional sports media now, like what you're yeah. doing, but also these players getting podcasts and doing their own shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. So do you think that... We'll put it this way. Like, if you watch ESPN, you see the same thing 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. But if you go watch, like, Draymond's podcast, you're going to get analysis about something that's personal to the player. It's going to bring a whole new story. So do you think eventually sports media is going to shift towards that? I mean, you do have guys that are doing podcasts and doing analyst stuff, and they, they do amazing at it. Mm-hmm. But do you see do you see it moving more towards, like, the more personal stories with the players and, like, people outside of these major networks? Man, that's a. I love that question. Um, I think. I think we'll still see both. You know, I truly think that you can't have one without the other, and I, I just think that with traditional, you know, sports media slash journalism, in which you're having to write, right, putting out articles, I still think that's that's essential. I still think that that's something that, you know, people want to do. I still think that that's content that people want to, you know, kind of, um, indulge in. And without that, it just 
I can't really consider it um, real sports media. Like, yeah, with all this new stuff, the new wave, um, obviously that's changing a lot of things, but I just truly feel like if the old part of sports media were to die down, what's taking over isn't really going to be real sports media. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a new version of sports media, but it's just, it can't, it's not the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And there, I guess, in a way, too, there's only so many stories a player can tell. And when you're doing right. two or three guys a week on your podcast, eventually you're going to run out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I do like it, though, because, like, with the Draymond stuff, right, like, you get the analysis right after something happens, which right. I think is great. It's kind of like when Tony Romo started being on CBS mm-hmm. and he could break down a play before it even happens. Like, I love seeing that kind of stuff. But, uh, there was another thing I wanted to ask you about. Let me see. Oh, just happened today. What do you? Or I, I don't know how much sports uh, or sorry uh, basketball do you cover. So, growing up, the NBA was always my first love. Okay, basketball was always my first love. Even though I talk more football, mm-hmm. I'll always be like an NBA connoisseur. Okay, and so even though I don't cover it nearly as much, I still, when it comes to knowledge and just paying attention to what's going on, oh yeah, I'm still. Do you do uh, fantasy basketball? I do. That shit's hard, man. It's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's harder than fantasy football, but I think it's damn near just as fun. Yeah. No, I agree. But uh-huh. it's hard trying to set lineups every single night. It is. Like, but for I, me, I forget a lot. For a forgetful person. Right. And I mean, that's a lot of people around me. Um, but when it comes to fantasy football, like last year I played in 45 leagues. Um, this year I played in 25. And so You're it's in like, 25 leagues? Yeah, I'm in 25. God damn. I got <laughs> two, and I think that that's too much for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. People say one is a lot. Yeah. And so I think it's just for me, um, with, you know, being in 25 leagues, I'm kind of checking lineups and, and making moves every single day anyway. So with fantasy basketball, it's like it's really just a continuation of what I've been doing with football, like okay. checking lineups every day, making moves, um, you know, things of that nature. And so I think it really just comes second nature. Definitely, definitely. Uh, some predictions for the NBA season. Who do you think's taking it all? There's been a Ooh. lot of moves this year. Yeah, there's moves. been a lot of moves. Um, this might sound a little premature because it just happened, and I don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, surround this team with the the proper depth. But I, I think right now um, it's kind of hard not to go Milwaukee. Dude, that team's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. You have Dame, uh, uh, Giannis, obviously. Giannis, you have Chris, Chris Middleton. Middleton. Brooke uh, Lopez. Brooke Lopez. You have Portis coming off the bench. You still got Portis coming off the bench, right? He's, that guy's got, had one crazy uh, revitalization of his career. Oh, yeah. It seemed like he was almost out of the league at one point. Yeah, he's definitely had a career uh, renaissance here. Um, and look, another local guy, Marjan Bochamp. Shout oh, out yeah, Marjan yeah. Bochamp if you're watching yeah. this. Um, but he's he's going to get better. I expect him to take you know the next step forward in his development. He's another guy. And now that this team has acquired you know, a Damian Lillard come the trade deadline or guys that get bought out after the trade, Deadline. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have everyone wanting to play for the Bucks now, for sure. Because I mean, this is the new heavyweight, and um, you know that happens every year. Uh, but right now, I'm gonna have to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Damn, over the Suns. Yeah, see, for me, even before the Bucks made the move for uh-huh. Damian Lillard, I'm, I'm, I wasn't the biggest believer in the Suns because I love their big three, right? Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, KD, but there's no depth. I love them all three separately. I don't know if I love them together. Yeah, I don't know if I love them together either. It's a a different um, dynamic for sure. No doubt. And for me, it's always like availability is the best ability. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Kevin Durant hasn't been able to to crack like, oh, the best player in the NBA, according to me. Um, Because he just hasn't been available that much. Like, when was the last time he played a full season? When was the last time he played 70-plus games? Like, it's been a while. And so, um, Bradley Beal, he hasn't been the same in a couple years. I don't know Mm -hmm. how he's going to look. Devin Booker, I think, is just a little overrated. He's a star. He's a a bonafide scorer. Um, He's a great player. But I don't think he's a top-10 player. And he's getting that sort of treatment. And and so, I'm not a big believer in the Suns. I think he's a fringe top-tenner. Yeah, I'd say more top-15. He has, has like... um, moments where he he seems like he's even sometimes top five like he has some games where he just goes crazy he just goes nuts but it's not consistent enough for me to conclude him in the top 10 right now there's too many players doing too many amazing things exactly and i don't think he's a complete player on both ends of the floor yeah and and so i think that's another thing you kind of have to factor in but uh lakers gonna be a threat as well Um, that's my team that's your team i can't can't wait man well my dad and a lot of family members are laker fans okay so that's the team i'm always gonna be rooting for right even though i'm a heat fan but i think lakers definitely gonna be a threat um um, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Boston, and then Miami's still going to be, you know, a, I think a, they're one piece away. One piece away. I, I think if we trade for Drew, that definitely helped things, but we could use another scorer. Yeah. Maybe another big man as well. Um, and so we'll see what happens at the trade deadline, but um, I'm, I'm really excited for the NBA this year. Super, super excited. With the Dame off the table, do you think that maybe Miami makes a run at James Harden? <sighs> 
Because uh, James Harden question. in Miami would be fucking crazy. It would off. be. And I, I think um, Miami could get him right. Yeah. You know, I, I know that the the nightclub uh, scenery in Miami would be very alluring to a mm-hmm. guy like James Harden. But I, I do also think that uh, Miami would be able to keep him in check. I do think that Miami would hold him accountable. For sure. I do think that Miami does have the culture and the pieces in place as far as the coaching staff, uh, the front office, to kind of um, make sure that he's not, you know, uh, partaking in too much of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he definitely has, you know, a bunch of defenders, a bunch of dogs, a bunch of hustlers. I do think that he would succeed as long as he's willing to buy in. Um, but I think to answer your question right now, no. I don't think Miami pivots in his direction. I still think that there's a couple other stars that you could potentially, you know, try to get um, who could be better fits, cleaner fits. But I, I definitely think that there's still a move or two that Miami needs to make and will make because um, I think that reality is going to hit him hard once the regular season starts. Who do you think the the moves that could be made? I think um, a trade for perhaps Zach Levine. That would be nice. I think Zach Hometown Levine. Guy. Shout out Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. Shout out Zach Levine, another another Washington guy. Um, like we talked about, James Harden. Um, let's say, and this is unlikely, but let's say Dame. You know, is so intent on Miami that he's willing to force Milwaukee's hand and yeah. force Milwaukee to send him to Miami. Maybe, you know, Miami can kind of, you know, get back in the damn uh, conversation um, with that. Um, I definitely think that if Philadelphia, if they continue to, I guess, descend, mm-hmm. maybe Joel Embiid. I can see him becoming available. Right, he could yeah. be available. Um, so those are just some guys to name a few, for sure. Awesome. What do you think uh, chances for, are for Kyrie and Luka this year? Ah, see, they need more pieces around them. I love the pairing. I love the duo. Um, I think when healthy, Kyrie's a top 10, top 12-ish player in the league. He might be one of, if not the best ball handlers ever. I think he is the best ball handler. Dude, what he's able to do is absolute art to me. Right. He's just an absolute wizard. And, um, you know, with what he's capable of. And I know a lot of people were kind of down on the Mavs because of their overall record. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the before and after, right? Before Kyrie got there, oh, they were the fourth seed in the West. After he got there, they tumbled all the way down to out of the play-in. That's not necessarily an indictment on Kyrie, though. No, like, for that sure. team had no depth after trading for Kyrie. Yeah. Um, they, they gave away their depth in that, in that trade. Literally. Yeah. And so I'd, you know, give them another opportunity to kind of, you know, build around them. I don't think they did enough this offseason. I don't think so either. Um, but I definitely think that they're a lot to be in the playoffs. I, I do think that those two guys are just simply far too talented when healthy to not will this team to at least, you know, seventh, eighth seed, maybe a, a spot in the play-in tournament. But they're definitely going to be, uh, to me, a playoff lock. Definitely, definitely. One player I think that's going to make a major jump this year, too, and he's a local kid, Jade McDaniels. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Come on, shout out Jaden. Yeah, shout out Jaden, man. He's, that kid is insane, and shout he's only going to get better. Defensively, he's already, I think, a He's top. elite. Yeah. He's already elite. Like, I mean, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, with long-ass arms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. And he's from Fed, so I'm, I'm always rooting for Fed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 Hey, man, Jalen. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Shout Come out Jalen. Shout out Jalen. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have for you? I had something else. Um, Dame to Milwaukee. Thoughts about upcoming NBA season. Coach Prime. Oh, I have a surprise, actually. Okay, bet. So, you know, I'm talking off camera a little bit. You know that mm-hmm. this has become like a big thing. Have you ever broken cards before? Oh, yeah. Let's do, what? Pa- let's do a couple packs just to see what we okay, get. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Man. All right. <laughs> Because I've actually seen it's pretty crazy the community that's been uh, that's been made behind sports cards. I mean, I used to collect yeah. sports cards as a kid, but oh. what it is now is just it's insane. Yeah, I really feel like uh, it was during COVID yes. when there was a huge spike. People were hella bored, man. Yeah, people were bored. You know, kind of got they're back to the government card cheese game. a little bit. You know, so. yeah, right. <laughs> so just kind of like f it, why not, right? Yeah, man. These um, I've seen these streams and it just goes crazy, man. These people. Yeah, I don't people even know if this is a good box of cards, but should I do a three three? See if you get anything good. Steph on the cover. Ooh, okay. All right, you want to do the first one? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah, let me do it at the same time. Hopefully we get something good, man. I want to autograph something. Yeah, let's see what happens here. Let's see what we got in here. Oh, that looks shiny. Quentin Grimes? (laughs) Kemba Walker. Okay, Kemba. He's out of the league. Out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) Kemba. That's foil. Okay. Shoot, I'm actually, I don't, don't know who this is. I'm not even gonna do. I'm not even gonna disrespect him by trying to say his name on here because I don't know who the hell that is either. Man, he's in the league, so shout, shout out to, to bro. Him. Yeah. 
Hey, but this is actually a great series. Prism, this is what people go crazy for. Okay, so you know cards. a little bit about cards. Because I, do. I don't really know anything about cards. Because growing up as a kid, I was a huge card guy. Okay. And I still have them, like, probably in my parents' garage. Yeah, yeah. I have some, day. too. I have some old, like, Griffey ones. I have some stuff from, um, my grandma used to be a big QVCer. Okay. So you could buy like a box. It's like forty bucks. It would come with a bunch of random shit. I got like a Cal Ripken bobblehead in it, and Ooh, like right. a newspaper from Mark McGuire's five hundredth home run. Wow, man, I didn't get shit in this. Quentin Grimes, Kyle Kuzma, Kenyon Martin Jr., and oh, that's interesting. A Dennis Rodman. Oh, I didn't shoot, even know okay. that they came in there. Okay, shout out to my guy Rodman. Okay, there was Sorry, a uh, Demontis Sabonis in there. But that was oh, Sabonis. The okay, I like yeah. Sabonis too. I do like Sabonis. Do you play a lot of uh, sports video games too? I used to. So um, I used to kick a lot of ass in Madden 2K. <laughs> yeah. I used to take people's money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to play online. But I feel like it's it's really been years. Ever since I started like this whole, you know, journey into sports media, uh -huh. like that's kind of when I just kind of gave up on video games. Is it hard to watch sports and not be analytical? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because like, sometimes like when I'm just watching games with friends, yeah. like I'll start getting real analytical. You'll start getting steezy on them? Yeah, <laughs> and the guys are just like, yo, yeah. like... You know, some of them might be a little tipsy. Some of them, yeah. you know, might have had a couple of drinks, and it's like, yo, we just trying to watch the game here. Like, you know, we don't need all that. <laughs> so, what you got for me? Funny. Um, but in this pack, okay, we got Jalen Brown. Okay, nice. We I got Jalen Brown. Brown here. Um, okay, I prone Sangoon of the Rockets. Showed a lot of potential last year. Yeah, he did. He did. I do mm -hmm. think that that team is nice and young, that then they're gonna get some stuff done. We were just talking about him. Marjan Bosham. Oh, nice. That's a, you got to yeah. show the camera because that's, that's home team. Y'all can see this, man. Shout out Marjan. Yeah, shout out Marjan. You're going to see this one day. Ooh. That's a nice card. I thought I liked that. That's dope. That's dope. I like that. And then we also got T-Mac. Oh, T-Mac. Now, in the Raptors jersey. Okay. Oh, y'all got to see that. Yeah, that one's dope. Y'all can see that. Man. I got... Uh, this is a dope pack. DeMar DeRozan. Okay. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Oyeka Okungwa. Oh, Kongwu from, for, uh, the, uh, for the Hawks. For the Hawks, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jaden Hardy, I believe he's a rookie. And a Paolo, another hometown guy. Oh, Paolo, let's yeah, go. Okay. okay what did you think of uh, DeJounte Murray punking him in Summer League? Ah, oh, man. That, to me, see, I, I don't know about like any of the, the backstory right. details, anything like that. So I don't want to speak on too much, but I definitely, it was weird. It seemed like, like it, a it little was strange weird. to me. Yeah, because it's like. Like, Baby Boy was kind of giving off hating vibes. Yeah. And I love Baby Boy. Like, you know, I even have a picture with him, you know, when he was in high school. And I was like, I don't know how old I was. Nice. I um, mean, so, you know, we, we go back. But um, that, that was just weird. But then yeah. he kind of, he, he was trying to justify himself by saying that, oh, uh, Paolo and his people were talking crazy. Oh, on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the sidelines. And that Paolo was kind of acting Hollywood because uh, now that he's in the league, he's, you know, he's made it. Signing he doesn't Jordan have Brand, yeah. yeah he signed I think you kind of see it. So, I, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but it was definitely weird from, from both, um, both guys, both sides. And, um, you know, look, there's not too many hoopers out here. That, that are doing what they're doing from Seattle. For sure. You know, and so I, I really feel like they all got to, we all got to stick together, mm -hmm. man. And, that unity's got to be there. Yeah. I don't, you know, like, I don't like seeing that, especially when it's a, a player that's been in the league for a couple years and it's a new guy. Right. It's like, man, I, I would like to see you take him under your wing. Of course. But, but also, of course, don't know the backside. Don't know the backside, right. So if Paolo and his people were talking mess and acting Hollywood and he thinks that he's too good to talk to him, then it's like, okay, you know what? Y'all was both being weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> was both weird. I'm not even going to pick a side. Y'all was both being weird. And man, hopefully y'all can have it out, but I, which I think they have done. Yeah, so. that's good. Right. Um, have you we'll talk about the one athlete that you've met that like had a huge impact on you? Because I have mm. it on a negative side. So on a negative. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to hear that. Well, negative from my side, but yeah. Right. Uh man. See, I a lot of the athletes that like I've spoken to, um, it, it's really just all like business, right? So it was okay. just like an interview, or it was just like. Um, I was there for that reason or for this reason. I never really had, like, I guess a personal. Because even when I was growing up as a kid, um, you know, I wasn't going to games. I wasn't, I didn't have the cable, right? I was yeah, watching yeah. Sports Center. Um, and so, honestly, I don't think I have one. Okay. I, I really don't have one. What about one. a favorite interview? A favorite interview. Um, ooh, I'm going to have to say this was uh, Wazoo versus Oregon. Okay. This was last year, literally around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember Wazoo was up, what was it, 14 with five minutes to go, and then Oregon ended up coming back. Uh, but this was a huge Pac-12 matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember after that game, I had talked to to Coach, was it Coach Rolovich? Was he still the coach at that time? 
but whoever Wazoo's head coach was and one of the linebackers. And that was okay. my first time in the in the press conference room of a college game. Okay. And so I don't remember the it players cool. that I spoke to, but for me, that's definitely one that stands out just because that was my first time, like, you know, talking to, to guys in the college football scenery. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I'm all professional ball. Yeah. And so, but just being a part of the college football scenery and, and college athletics, you know, in general, like, the atmosphere was cool. Just seeing students, you know, getting all hyped up and stuff. Like, it's awesome. I could see why. Exactly, yeah. I could see why, like, college football... I think it's more popular than NF- than the NFL. I wouldn't I'm be surprised. Thinking. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. But I, I can see why. I went to um, Eastern, and okay. this was like uh, maybe I was graduating probably maybe two more year, two years before Cooper was done there. Mm, but God. during our time, that was the Red Field. That was you know the. Um, uh, man, I can't remember the quarterback's name at the time. He ended up playing for Oregon. Vernon Adams. Okay. Like around that time, we had just won uh, FB, I think it's an FBS championship or whatever the next level down was. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing, I don't think there's anything that compares to college sports. Like I've been in a lot of, to a lot of games uh, for, you know, professional. There's nothing like that environment. No, there really isn't, bro. And so just being a part of that, like I said, it was just, it was surreal. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a feeling that I want to capture again. For and sure. And I know I will. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just different, and, and so you know, getting to you know speak to those guys, it was it was a dope experience. I'm gonna put this out in the universe for you. I want to see you as one of the re- the fake reporter guys on um, <laughs> 2K. You know, like with the tweets, and then they have the news, the press conference, and they show the the person. Yeah. Oh, we got to get you that game somehow. Hey, that would be fifty. That would be fifty. Uh, the embarrassing one. Well, not the, the what I said about the negative side of me meeting an athlete was actually pretty embarrassing. It was like two thousand nine or ten. Uh-huh. Uh, a friend of mine, we went to uh, summer gym, okay. and it was uh, I think it was Drake that year. Maybe the game, uh, Jason Derulo, something like that. Rick Ross. We were there. I was mad drunk. I was like 19, 20 years old, like mad, mad drunk. And we're walking out in like the pit area and Jamal Crawford's there. I fucking love Jamal Crawford, man. Like he's oh, yeah. staple in Seattle. He's, he's from everything that I've seen. He's an amazing guy. Shows love. Yeah, shows love. He was there with Nate Robinson. I was so drunk and I turned around. Or it was uh, Jamal Crawford and Brandon Roy. Mm. And I was a huge Brandon Roy fan at this time. Well, I'm still, obviously. But mm-hmm. I turned around. I was like... B-Roy, you're the fucking king. Just super drunk. All of them were like kind of looking at me weird. And then I approached to be like, hey, can I get an autograph? And this, I swear to God, I'm only 5'8", so I'm already a small guy. Mm. This guy was like 5'6", maybe, came up to me, like came up chest height and was like, yeah, we're, we're not taking pictures right now, man. Oh, I got like spooked. I was like, you know, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> but I was so embarrassed the next day. I was like, man, I was so drunk and I'm over here yelling, B-Roy, you're the king at a Drake concert. Like, oh, man. We got one more pack, though. Let's oh, yeah, it. no, for sure. Was that um, was that like a security guard, though, that came up to you? I think maybe Entourage. Oh, Entourage. Yeah. Okay, Entourage member. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But they were mad cool. They were just sitting there. It was just like Brandon Roy, Jamal Crawford. I think Nate Robinson was with them. They all were in kind of in the back area standing against the gate. They were all cool. They weren't like pushing people out of the way or, you know, saying get out of their face or whatever, except for me apparently. But that's <laughs> <laughs> probably because I was screaming at them. I guess they had reason to. Yeah, right? they probably thought I was a threat or something. Like, I'm just over here yelling for no reason. <laughs> oh, that's funny, bro. So we got right here the uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Okay. Okay. For the Pistons. Is he still on the Pistons? I don't... That guy gets traded a lot, so. he, is, he does yeah. get traded a lot, yeah. Oh, Charles Barkley. Oh, like there these, we go. Like these okay. retro cards. Yeah, like, that's I cool. see this one. I love the, that cool. uh, generation of Philly jerseys, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, Six my series. favorite Seahawks jerseys are when uh, it was Hasselbeck and uh, Sean Alexander. Mm, oh, those, the Reebok ones. And I'm a big juvenile fan. So okay. I think it was uh, the song In My Life or whatever. He had the the Sean Alexander jersey on with the Seahawks. I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen a rapper wear Seattle what? shit. I was like, this is fire. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'll that. have to send you a picture. It's, it's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great song, too. Man, unfortunately, though, this pack, uh, very mid. I mean, we got rookie Christian Braun. Okay. He, he, played, he was nice, though, for uh, for Denver in the finals yeah, against yeah, my yeah. Heat. Yeah, I, he, I remember him coming off the bench and, you know, definitely doing his thing. What made um, you a Heat fan, actually? I, never, I guess I never asked that. So, um, man, that's a great question because people ask me that all the time. I remember growing up as a kid um, when I first saw D-Way play. Okay. Because um, my my uncles they were all huge Michael Jordan fans. Yeah. You know they still believe, and I, I'm 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 with them. I do think that MJ is the goat. Um, and so they used to hype up Michael Jordan all the time. And so because they would do that, I would go back and watch some of their old VHSs, uh, V8 or not VHS, uh, DVDs, yeah, just little yeah. recordings, whatever. And they had a whole bunch of Michael Jordan cards. And so I became a huge fan of Michael Jordan. And when I really started watching ball as a kid. 
I would watch D-Wade and I'd be like, yo, this guy reminds me of MJ. He like, does. I, right. I wasn't watching those games like live. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't grow up, you know, in that time. But just from all the things that my uncles had passed down, right, the, the recordings, the DVDs and, and, and all that, um, I really started to fall in love with MJ. And so when I saw D-Wade yeah. come into the league, you know, his play style really mimicked that of MJ's. For sure. Um, you know, Kobe was also one of my favorite players, but man, D-Wade, he really just... He really sealed it for me. And so mm-hmm. he was a guy that I really became enamored with. I started watching the Heat, and obviously he's Mr. Heat himself. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I ended up becoming a Heat fan mainly because of uh, Dwayne Wade. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, uh, Kobe, very similar with the, the Jordan comparisons and everything. Mm-hmm. I actually used to have this crazy Jordan box set that I bought when I was maybe in high school. Uh-huh. It was like the Jordan Ultimate Collection. They sold it at Walmart for like, I don't know, $20 or something. But it had like a couple documentaries loaded onto there about like not only about him as a player, but like the Jordan brand line, like all that stuff. And then it had six additional DVDs and each was a different finals game. Bro, I had the same one. Dude, I used to watch that shit over and over and one. over. Man, those are such good. I wish I still had that set. Somewhere. Oh, you don't have it no more? Uh, it's so, somewhere. It's it's somewhere. So for me, I had the OG like version, and that was the one that my uncles grew up with. Okay. The Ultimate Collection. So yeah. and I still have it in my parents' house. But Is it you like a tell, silver cover with him? Yeah, shoot? yeah that's the exact cover. one I had. And I know this one's OG because it's all like, you know how like when something gets old, like mm-hmm. something like that, and you have it, you know, over time, and it just starts to get like a bunch of... Like just different marks on it, yeah, yeah, or like yeah. just yeah, it just looks old, yeah. And so that's how I know that yeah, this this has been through a lot. That's dope. That's dope. Lot. That was a good one. Oh, that was a great one. Uh, Siakam, Josh Hart, Frank Jackson, and Devin Vassell. Oh, not the greatest, not, not the greatest pack. I'll take the Siakam though. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. Well, you want to plug all your stuff right now? Yeah. yeah. No. Um. Man, I just want to say though, Zach, this this has been fun. Um, it's been a great time. Yes, I've had a great time. Had I haven't talked sports like this with somebody in a long time. You know, outside of friend group, so it's nice. Right? Yeah. yeah no, this yeah. is dope, bro. This is dope. Um, shout out to No Structure Podcast though, y'all. Appreciate if you guys you. are tuned in, uh, definitely show these guys some love, man. I love their work. I love what they've been doing. They're they're doing their own thing, you know, and uh, I think they deserve to be recognized for that. As for me, you know, once you show them some love, then you can find me over at Steezy A. Smith, S-T-E-E-Z-Y-A-S-M-I-T-H, at Steezy A. Smith TV on Instagram, but everywhere else, at Steezy A. Smith. Find me on YouTube. You can find me on X. And then be sure to check out sportstopia.io. If you play fantasy, um, football, basketball, or baseball, if you like to bet, um, you're looking for a site where you can get fancy advice, betting advice, uh, sportstopia.io, and then Sportstopia HQ, Instagram, Twitter, and then soon TikTok and Facebook. Um, but yeah, all my work's on there. Like I said, um, Steezy I. Smith. Give us, so before we get out of here, give us uh, three fantasy picks this weekend. Ooh, like players that you want to start? Yeah. Ooh, okay. If you've got them. Oh, if what? No, no, I mean, not I if it. you've got them. I mean, if people have got them on their team. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah. Let's talk about some must-starts. Because actually, I did just drop an article this morning on oh, Sportstopia. Awesome. Well, we can link it in everything. So this is a green screen, so we can put all kinds of shit back here. Okay, for sure. Yeah. So once uh, y'all see that article that's up there, <laughs> um, I talked about my bargain bin guys. Because that's my weekly uh, Wednesday segment where I, where I talk about guys that I feel like can be had at cheaper prices. Okay. Because um, the sort of advice that we give out on there is like Daily Fantasy. I don't yeah. know if you play Daily Fantasy. No, no, no. Um, just season I don't. I don't get that into it. Yeah, I Well, same here, but before I got the job, um, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy into that as well. But mm-hmm. um, one of the guys that I highlighted was Tank Dell, okay. wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Has yes. a very soft matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. They've been bleeding points all year long. I know we're only three weeks in, but it seems like every receiver that plays against the Steelers seems to have a great game. Yeah. For example, Brandon Ayuk in week one. That's true. Um, week two, there was Amari Cooper of yes. the Browns. Week three, this past Sunday night, Devontae Adams had 172 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy. And so with Tank and they Dale, still lost though, right? Yeah, the Raiders, they yeah, lose. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, right? And even Jacoby Myers had eight catches for like 86 yards. Yeah, I have so, Jacoby Myers on. I think on both my teams, actually. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I like Jacoby Grab, Myers. Bro, value pick. Um, but Tank Dale, I think, um, you know, he's been showcasing that chemistry with the C.J. Stroud. That secondary is vulnerable, as we just talked about. So he's a guy that I'm starting all formats, all my fantasy teams, if I have him. Um, another guy that I like, Alvin Kamara. Yes, I have First him. game back. I have him because he's suspended. His first game mm-hmm. back, right? Yeah, I have him. First game back. And I hope you're starting him because I know the matchup isn't super ideal. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have posed... Um, you know, as significant threats against the run, especially in years past. But I just think in New Orleans, um, D- 
Derek Carr's out with an yep. injury. Jameis Winston is in. You got to lean on the ground game. For and sure. with Jamal Williams on injured reserve, with the only other competition for snaps and rookie Kendra Miller and then Tony Jones, I think Alvin Kamara, he has fresh legs, right? He hasn't played in, through the first three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. If you're if you've been stashing him on your bench, if you need a, a another running back play, um definitely Alvin Kamara, a guy that I like. And then last but not least, another wide receiver. Joshua Palmer okay. of the Los Angeles Chargers. I know that uh, Mike Williams recently tore his ACL yeah. out for the season. Sucks. And uh, it sucks. I know. Yeah. There's been a lot of injuries in football this year. But you look at the Chargers, they have one of the more prolific offenses in the NFL. They're scoring a lot of points. They're putting up a bunch of yards. They're moving up and down the field. You have a bonafide number one to take attention away from him. And so Joshua Palmer, a soft matchup against the Raiders this weekend. Um, if you have injuries at wide receiver, definitely consider Joshua Palmer or Tank Dale. And then if you need a running back, if you stash them on your bench start Alvin Kamara love it love it well those are Steezy's picks for the week make sure you guys lock them in uh this has been no structure podcast uh, structuralist conversations episode three uh thank you Steezy for coming on you know you guys can find us at the no structure podcast.com YouTube Twitter I think Twitter's no structure pod one though if I remember correctly uh of course you can follow me Z Camacho 90 on Instagram uh same thing on Twitter and uh also YouTube yeah, thank you for coming on, my brother. Appreciate uh, you. Hey, come on, baby, let's yeah, go, brother. Let's Appreciate go. you. Thanks.